Hello and welcome to another fine, another wonderful, another ingenious, that's the word I'm looking for this week, Gary, ingenious episode of Chopped Greens. I'm your host, Philip Amarine, FaceTiming the FaceTiming, the one, the only, the Gareth Boucher. How are you doing, sir? I am doing indubitably, sir. If we're going to be using superlative as beautiful adjectives, I will go by guest emeritus. Uh, I guess Emeritus. Yes, uh, I don't speak German, but maybe you can tell the folks at home what that means. Oh, well, it's, it's too hard to explain in, in, in this foreign tongue of mine, but look it up. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's what people want is to listen to a podcast that tells them to look to things look up things themselves. Up. Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's great. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, it is, there is no, no perfect transition for that, but we are Chopped Greens. We are reviewing movies, and this week... What we are going to review is The Evil Dead. Now, I do want it to be said that I have never seen this film personally, but you, you've you seen it once or twice? I, I can't remember. Yeah, this is my second go-around, and I watched it once like in high school. Didn't really remember it, and I really wanted to watch it again. So it's like my first and a half time. Okay. Okay, so my first time, your second time, good refresher for you, if nothing else. Perfect. It is uh, Sam Raimi's cult classic, The Evil Dead, and it certainly it's on Netflix for those for the time being, at least as of recording this, uh, late mid October for uh, 2020. What a year it's been! But it is on on Netflix for those of you who are dying to watch it after this glorious review we're about to give it. Uh, but I. I want to set a scene for you here, Gary. I want to set it for you. Do it. So I, I sit down on the couch with a friend and my sister. My sister is in her early, is in her uh, mid-teens. Oh, jeez. And, yes. And I sit down with the knowledge of knowing that a couple of theaters around the valley have adapted it from its theatrical, you know, medium to a theater version. And... I had always seen it with with campy poses. I had always seen it advertised with just ridiculous f- posters. Even the sequels, I think I've seen some of those. And it always looked campy. It always looked cheesy. And it always looked funny to me. Like, I thought, I thought what this film was known for coming into it, I thought it was a comedy. I thought it was a comedy on the... On, much like maybe like Cabin of the Woods or maybe just like on or Scream or not Scream I suppose oh, but Scream like is scary fun, movie is, is more of a comedy than this one is for sure. Um, yeah, no, this film is completely. Uh, it doesn't want to be a comedy, <laughs> but but it uh, it was certainly it was certainly something to behold. Sitting there, just just mouth a, a jaw, and um, and I was just in absolute shock for from. Uh, you know, a fourth of the movie in and on, and then I just look over to my sister, who's either laughing or just rolling her eyes. But I was just, I was absolutely shocked. Just to be absolutely abundantly clear, I don't usually like to do this, but I want to put this evil on you. This was your movie that you picked, and to put, pull back the curtain, I, I chose next week's, you chose this week's. So here we go. With that in mind, let's go. So Sam Raimi directed. And I believe wrote this film, <clears throat> and is the voice of the Evil Dead. Yes, for what that's worth. Um, and he he created a cult classic, which is good for him, <laughs> and spurred <laughs> spurred spurred many sequels. 
Uh, <laughs> it's it's so funny with this film. <clears throat> it's really hard to know where to start. Uh, I <laughs> found out very early that it's not a comedy. There are some moments that are funny, like when they're initially crossing the bridge to start out this film, and we we get this close up shot of of Ash, um, Bruce Campbell playing the role of Ash Williams, Asher Ashley, uh, looking down into the bridge, I thought it was quite funny. And I thought, oh, there's still hope that this is going to be funny. I was wrong. But it's still, it's still, it's still nice. It's still funny. Uh, and it continues on a theme of, of creating a good, suspenseful moment moving forward. Um, I, guess, I guess for my point to really, to just begin on, on all of this, it doesn't, it never really crosses the 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 suspenseful motion of it for me. It never really does that um, beyond the beginning of when they're crossing the bridge. I feel like the film as a whole, in the in the genre of horror, is more of a shock factor aspect of horror than anything else. What are what was your biggest takeaway? I suppose from from all this, Gary. Ooh, man. Well, let me just start off and say yes. I own this pick. I was like Phil. We're gonna watch Evil Dead. I did not know that others would <laughs> would be involved. I hope, <laughs> hope I have not inadvertently scarred any family members. Um, yeah. Th- I think that I really appreciate that it's just one of the most unique movies I've seen, and I think we differ a little bit in the fact that I think it's pretty funny. Um, a lot more definitely. The shock is what makes it funny, combined with the fact that Bruce Campbell's kind of crappy in the movie. Like, <laughs> a lot of his moments are kind of duds, which is hilarious to me. Um, but we could tangent on this all day. Basically, biggest thing I could think about the film was I think it's this weird combination of, like, oh, you could totally make this in the woods with your buddies, which is, like, in reading about it, essentially what he did. But then also there's these little moments that shine through of, I think, like beautiful camera work, really good staging of the scenes. Every frame is really interesting to me, and it's so unique. Like it's not not like any other horror movie I've ever seen or ever will see again. It's definitely a cult classic for that reason. It's definitely rewatchable. I was uh, watching it with my girlfriend, and I was like shocked and laughing and confused. And like, like I said, a few shots in that movie are total bangers. I mean – really beautiful stuff that that he does with with the colors and, and the framing so i was like so confused i was like some of this is like blair witch some of this is like elevated i don't even know man I, we could go so many ways with this i'll i'll say this it has it has a lot of innovative techniques uh when i when i watch the movie and i'm going through it i actually like the aspect of the horror yes it's it's there's a lot of cliche in it, of course, and I feel like something of genre, uh, the genre of horror mm-hmm. as a whole, sticks to cliche uh, for a while until it like it branches off and it does its own thing. Yeah. But it has like something of a set of a standard of like um, this is how we're gonna start. Obviously, we need to we need to do this in order to satisfy the the, the genre, yeah. and then we'll go forward. Um, so it certainly has a bunch of that, but um, certainly when we look at even how it concludes, that was something I had not seen associated with horror, with with how to def- how the defeat of the Evil Dead uh, worked. I, I hadn't seen that necessarily specifically in horror. Um, 
when we talk about shots, <laughs> there are as I will I will definitively say that there are as equally as many good shots as there are as bad shots. And um, when we also look at the film, actually, shout out to the props and costumes department. A lot of it was was very was very nice because it's very hard to to hide and mask all that uh, in in such a close and intimate way. And then plus, especially as how things have aged, yeah. it's it's really a boon to a to a film like this that used a lot of practical uh, practical stunts and practical. Um, costumes and and the props, prop um, <laughs> kudos to the to the film for getting really good um, stop shot animation or not animation a stop shot recording uh, for a lot of their stunts and then for the costumes uh, very nice effects and makeup and everything I I just I tr- I was both shocked and also applauded applauding it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, you talked about the the genre and how it hits, like, a lot of those points, right? But I was thinking, you know, this was 1981, so how much of this is the genre as we know it today and how much of this is, like, creating it? You know, because you're like, oh, it's five horny teens going up to a cabin to get murdered. Duh. But it's like, well, I'm I'm trying to put it in perspective. Like, The Exorcist came out before this, but I don't think that we knew a lot of those horror tropes when it was out in 81. It was like... I, I love how fast it's set up. You literally don't know who any of these people are. You're like, oh, they're driving to a creepy cabin. They're all going to die. That's all you need to know. Boom, we're in the movie. Um, but, yeah, and then switching over to the to the effects, I uh, <laughs> there's, like, some twisted puppetry-level stuff going on, and I love the practical effects. I love how over-the-top they are. I mean, the fact that, like, blood is shooting out like, <laughs> like, like a super squirter, and... The, the the eyes and everything that that they do and you know how how innovative it was on the fact that you know they had next to no money and we can go into how crappy of, of a shoot it was and how how tough it was for everybody like them putting I guess like really thick glass contact lenses in their eyes when they became the the evil dead that could only stay in there for five minutes because otherwise it would like seal to their eyes I love reading about oh stuff God. like that yeah so Raimi pretty much couldn't get funding for the movie so it was just like he had a few pros on there, but he and Bruce Campbell were best friends growing up. And then they just got a bunch of their friends and they put newspaper ads to cast all the other actors and actresses. It's very, like, I think inspiring in that way, I think, for, like, you know, young filmmakers to be like, no, you could literally do this. And there's the potential for you to, like, change movies, you know, with just you and your buddies if you have some really good ideas and you're a little off-kilter like like Sam Raimi is. Yeah, I... To talk about how you, the effects, I both want to applaud them, but I also want to s- state abundant and make it abundantly clear, I was just horrified by the overuse and the the just the holding of shots. You say that that these people could only hold the contacts in their eyes for like five minutes. Every shot felt unnecessarily long. Like they just wanted to highlight the horror and gore of each of these moments. Like not only I'm maybe it's just what I've been used to now of just you know stop and move forward, but my goodness, like there are times where they're just where where one of the evil dead or zombies or whatever you want to classify them as uh just are digging into a calf muscle and just like it's 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 not just one it's not just yeah. two it's not even three it's like eight she just sticks the dig, pencil in dig, there and it's dig yeah the like pencil seconds and you're like oh my and, god it's just the one shot of the wrist turning the pencil yeah. 
and the actress is just writhing in pain in a separate shot, so obviously it's different. But the fact that they felt so bold to just feel like as if somebody who was stabbed in the in the in the with a pencil in the lower in the Achilles would just make it that long. And can we talk about the horchata machine that was just the ghoul? I mean, it was just it was insanely disgusting. I just with each ooze of of pus like m- m- lactate yeah. from their mi- m- from their mouth and their eye sockets and every orifice possible it just disgusted me like I, my mouth could not have been any more open with just yeah, shock I mean, of just you've got, horror you've got every part of a nutritious breakfast there at one point like grits come out of someone's God. wrist hole i mean yeah I, I i don't know like i i don't know what exactly i'm like I know the parts that you're supposed to find funny, but other parts, and I guess that this is part of it, right? Like, I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing right now? Because this is kind of hilarious, the fact that this dude's hand flies off and then oatmeal comes. You're like, oh, my God, this is off the wall, man. There was no consistency. That That is a complaint, too. There was no consistency as per because I'm as as I'm being shocked and as I'm trying to to make logic of any of this, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm watching the film and I'm like. Okay, all right, with like one eye open over underneath uh, an entirely closed fist, I'm trying to figure out, okay, so there's mist coming from the knife. Does that mean that some sort of the spirit is 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 exonerated and it's and it's free to live its life now? Think no, it, it popped too deep. Yeah. Far too deep. I mean, <laughs> they, okay, there's milk coming out of it. Does that mean that we're now it's dead for sure? Sh- no. No, I mean even the ending is is it's thrilling, but it doesn't add to any of the logic of it. I mean, I, I and and then you wanted to talk about Bruce Campbell as both a producer and a, and an actor. I, I I'd like to focus on an, as an actor. Yeah, I, there are moments. There is no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind whatsoever that this man, when he whispers, when he keeps going and whispering, just backdoor. Where did I leave the show? Where did I like? I just like each time I just laughed because since when did we establish that going and closing any of the doors was quote unquote safe? Oh my god, I was dying of laughing when he's he's slapping the hell out of anybody and everybody around, just trying to bring them back to life for some reason, his, as if like yeah, his buddy Scott's dying on the couch and he's like Scotty, Scotty, you're Scotty. going to be okay. And he's like, god. this dude's been like torn up by supernatural trees. He's like punching him. <laughs> I was, oh my god! And then the scene where where Scotty walks in and and his girlfriend is like attacking him. Bruce Campbell just sits and watches for like a minute before he stands up and he's like. You all right, Scotty? <laughs> God, he just I, he, I can't he could not be that, that was like not purposely hilarious because I was watching that. It's, it, he's literally like just in the side of the frame staring at this girl, like tearing off her boyfriend's face. <laughs> he's just watching, man. They're both just in horror. Like there are far too many times where all the other characters are just watching in horror for either too long that it's just it doesn't like once it's actually put to real and put on the cutting room floor, it doesn't make sense in real time. But either way, it was just it was it was quite quite an experience, and I really I commend I commend the producers who decided to you know use that as part of somebody's uh, directorial footage to then put <laughs> Sam Raimi on the Spider-Man franchise. That that was bold. That was quite indeed bold. Well, of we can't them. forget. So they had two more Evil Dead movies, and now there's That's a t- right. now there's a TV show. That's right. Um, but yeah, um, it, it like made his entire career. Like he did Evil Dead, then he went off and did another movie that totally flopped. And they were like, "Dude, just do another Evil Dead," which picks up right after the first one, 
ends, like the second, you know, Ash is scared by the, the spirit again, the second one starts. Okay. Yeah. And then that makes sense with uh, Bruce Campbell. I can't imagine him having too much more of a career outside of this, but he's probably it's like made his life. Yeah. Yeah, he's made his life with with this character. I'm sure he travels from Comic Con to Comic Con. We talk in about a, in a non-COVID world. I just have to give a shout out to the best line of the movie, which is Bruce Campbell saying, "We can't bury Shelley. She's our friend." <laughs> when she's lying in ten pieces on the floor, his delivery is impeccable, man. I, I like he, he's got this weird quality that's almost like a Keanu Reevesy, where you're like, I don't think you're a great actor, but somehow in the confines of this world in this movie, it totally works because of the people around you and the fact that this movie just fits your, you know, they built it around his personality. Same thing with with Keanu. I don't think he's the world's best actor, but I love him because somehow they always use him right, you know. Now it it's funny not to disregard what you're saying, but it's funny that your that your first takeaway from this film was Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, where my biggest problem came from Richard. I, I it's hard to say the last name Demanincore as Hal or or as or Scott. Um, I just I for me that guy really took the cake and and just in a lot of directions that he did not choose to take. He was very subdued and. In every moment, he was, he was a rock in the worst of ways, just sinking the <laughs> ship, in every way possible. I think my favorite moment was not even a moment of his of his choosing, but it's when Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams is is drowning the poor dead man with with like obviously he's not drinking. He's like, wait, Scott, Scott, and he's pouring water in his mouth for twenty seconds, giving him this whole speech about how we're gonna live, and I'm like, you're literally pouring water into this poor guy's lungs. I mean, if he's if he's if he's not already dead, you just drowned him. Uh, it, it's, it's for me, he was the biggest biggest actor, and I. It's so jarring. I I realize that they're working under a budget, so that sometimes can lead to less development of characters, development of of story, what have you. But my God, does it go from zero to a hundred real quick? Like there's there's. There's the chance to breathe where you're like, oh, they're listening to some inadvertent record player, and then boom. For some reason, we don't know why, but Roos, but Ash is left alone. But other than that, if you're not Ash, uh, you're you're gonna be possessed, and you're you're not even gonna stand a chance. You're you're just gonna be either just visually just m- m- disclothed, or you're gonna be just just possessed and then have to giggle the rest of the film. Like you were just, and then, or go off stage and, or off, off screen and, and endure your death that way. Yeah. But everybody besides Ash, I mean, Ash was the luckiest of just in staying alive, but also he still got like, he has no calf to speak of by the end of this film, but yet he still can walk with, with a hint of a limp. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like, ever so. Yeah. It's like, well, I think it, it's a great ending because you know, the biggest parts of horror movies is like, you know, you have to kick the crap out of your main character. They have to almost die for us to believe that it's scary. And for a while there, he's kind of avoiding it. But then he really does start getting his ke- his teeth kicked in. And, you know, as he gets up and he walks outside, like you said, <laughs> his calf muscle is gone. And it's playing this, like, absurdly, like, angelic music as he gets up and walks out. And he walks <laughs> out in, into the yeah. sunrise and in the cabin. I mean, it's just fantastic. And. You know, let me just say, as far as uh, you know, talking about pacing and the story taking off, little little shout out to one of the best callbacks I've ever seen in an entire movie, 
when he and his girlfriend are doing the uh, blinking, like pretending that they're not seeing each other when he's going to give her the necklace. And then, you know, fast forward to an hour later and she's a zombie and they're doing the same thing. It's kind of cheesy, but I was like, that's like a master class in like setup and payoff. It's just don't, don't give anything that. in this movie a, a master class. It is a master not, class. Oh, no, don't absolutely. Do, if you paid for that master class, get your subscription back. It's 1981. Morgan okay, Freeman. I didn't know what a master yeah. class was then. But <laughs> yeah, we have, God, I mean, geez, geez Louise. Oh, and then, um, what was I going to say? Um, no, it's funny because, you know, we talked about Ash as a character and, you know, the whole trope in horror movies is like the final girl. You know, usually it's a single girl who is the only survivor of most horror movies it usually comes down to a girl all the men die all the other girls who are probably quote-unquote like risque or slutty girls die you know it's it's all the tropes right but in this movie it's like a stupid guy who lives which is somehow a subversion because in a lot of movies stupid guys are the heroes but in horror movies it's almost always girls who survive you know, usually because they're like, you know, pure or whatever. But the fact that it's Ash after all of it, I was like, huh, it's usually a girl who lives. So. I, but to add to your stupidity thing, my God, if there was a bookshelf or just anything wooden with shelves on it, Ash Dude. was going to go th- fly <laughs> through it. He was going to fly through it and then just collapse through the remainder of them. I I, I swear, I, see, I saw him go do it like at least three times, I want to say. I know that there were two for sure, but I feel the like third, there was a third. And, you, and it's very specific. Like he's back up to another bookcase. You're like, dude. Got a bookcase right behind you, man. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna go he, down. I was just like, is there a pencil below him? Is that calf gonna uh, just faintly give out in the in this moment of of just near a bookcase because he's gonna fall through them? Yeah. My God, I mean, I don't know if that continues in the sequels. I sh- I certainly hope it would, but yeah, I it's it's a it was it was a flavor, and again, I will actually commend it because sometimes I I think. Uh, it, it's rare for me, at least, to find genres of within the subset of horror uh, go deeper into shock. I've seen I've seen thriller, and I've seen um, supernatural. I think would be an, another one, yeah. or probably like yeah, t- yeah. But I I haven't seen as many just shockers that are more that more focus their scare on. Just the absolute ability of what you are watching makes you visually uncomfortable. Like, you knew it was grits, you knew it was oatmeal, whatever the <laughs> heck it was, but it still made you uncomfortable. Like, you, I've, I haven't had that before where it's almost, it's almost like when you're a kid and you're, you're going through the haunted house that somebody set up and because you put your hand in in the jack-o'-lantern and then you're filling the quote-unquote brains but it's just spaghetti you know it's spaghetti but it's just it's kind of cold and you're just you can kind of believe it it just it it disgusted me it disgusted me in in ways that i haven't been disgusted since 72 but that doesn't need to be brought up (laughs) yeah i mean there i mean it it can be used for for comedy i think like when he pulls the essentially like half tree trunk out of scotty's torso and blood literally like i said squirts out like a super Mm. soaker and then on the flip side, that awful, memorable, and completely terrible scene with Cheryl in the woods w- with the trees is like one of the most uncomfortable <laughs> scenes like ever, you know. And I, and, and then the I, end where it's like three minutes straight of the bodies decomposing and exploding and decomposing and exploding and <laughs> more and more blood just getting through. Th- he sits up and it gets hit with more blood and it's like, oh my god, I I I, I was dying at that point. I thought it was fantastic. 
No, Ash was dying at that point. <laughs> but, but yes, we were all dying at that point. Even and like you said, the the most uncomfortable part truly is just the trees because mm-hmm. were do were they were they for lack of a better term were they violating her? Was that was that the the thing that we were supposed yeah, to figure that, out? That's yeah. exactly what it, she's basically being raped by the yeah by the trees by the Kandarian demon that takes over, like controls the trees in the forest and you can kind of at first you're like what's going on and then you kind of get a sense of it and it's almost like the worst part is like the two minutes of build up because you know it starts and she she kind of breaks out of there really quick but there's like a lot of anxiety you know yeah no it's certainly (laughs) anxiety for her but i mean yes it was anxiety for her but it was anxiety uh for every viewer to watch i mean just just oh my the the brutal thing about this film if you are uh, if you are if you do get scared about about things like this, is that it holds. And just when you think like, oh, please, they're going to cut away. They have to cut away. This is just, this is getting to be too much. They don't know when to quit. And they, they have no no rightful decency, no humane decency to just, just get away to another shot to at least give you a breather. No, no, they're just going to just go to, an, yeah, they're just going to continue to, Openly just violate this woman in front of you. It's just it's something to behold and I, I think that's some of the best moments where, where it's holding it are the moments where Nothing scary is happening quite yet like when he's when ash is standing over I think his girlfriend's name is Linda and he's holding mm-hmm. the chainsaw right above her neck And he knows he has to cut her up and you just hear the sound and you just watch him staring at her for like 20 seconds <laughs> And then it finally cuts away. You know, just moments like that, or when when the blood is dripping down, and they hold. He's very gratuitous, man. He loves to hold. Oh, on the moments. blood! There's so much that happened in this film. I freaking forgot about the blood. That disgusted me as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and for some, for for a film that for me has lived on and has like generated within my mind, off of the image of Ash with a chainsaw. Yeah. What an absolute letdown. I imagine that they fixed that problem in subsequent films, but. I was just like, oh, okay, so this is the birth of a, of a chainsaw person who uses it, and then nada. So, uh, whatever, whatever. I'm I'm not like, uh, you know, violent, violently upset and so upset that I want to continue to watch the. Why didn't he subs- hack up his friend with a chainsaw? This is the biggest letdown. <laughs> Any of the no, three of them? Why? Like in in the logic though of the movie, that hit me where you know he he goes and he knows exactly where the chainsaw is because he strapped his girlfriend down. I'm like, you didn't know where this was before, bro? But I guess you can say, like, oh, well, you know, he was scared and in crisis. But still, I was like, there was a chainsaw there the whole time. You guys went into that room. You guys checked it out. But he was like, oh, I'll use it now to cut her up when she's when she's dead. But not when they're alive. Right, but even then, I guess he knew, even then, that even when they're dead, they're not dead until they're dead, but they won't be dead. Exactly. Because... They're the evil dead. They're, so apparently they're called deadites because it becomes oh. a whole thing. The, the the Kandarian demons, when they reanimate and control people, they're called deadites. So that's what a- another way to disgust me, even outside of the film. <laughs> Just everything about this film disgusts me. Um, I normally go to you first, but since I feel like you'll be the more positive of the two of us, Almost I'm going to start out. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go on my voucher bar scale. <sighs> I guess because it's Halloween, I'll give it just the ever so slight bump of going like to two and a half out of ten. Of a, of a t- out of out of ten. Oh my god! 
Where where is it good, Gary? Where is it good? It's I I, I give it great. good. It's unique. It's the pacing's funny. great. Yeah, we're, we're in It's the funny. Plot. It's in not supposed. To, it doesn't. It doesn't intend to be funny, oh, Gary. I think it, oh, it totally does. It doesn't intend to be funny. It's supposed to be funny. Sit, it's sit not supposed. I. They all know what's funny. That was part of the thing. I but disagree. But see, vehemently. that's the thing. You don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but I think that's why it's funny. No, I no like, no. Should I be I, laughing about the fact that this person's face exploded? It's obviously macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Jeez Louise! I should not be confused about what your goal was. I mean, if it's different, there are ones, there are movies that go in between genres and flip every time. But it's directed, and I'm like, oh, you want to be funny right now, and you succeeded, haha. But I'm not gonna be like, ooh, mercy laugh, or was it not supposed to be funny? No, I say two point seven is my bump. You. You didn't laugh. Two point seven. Uh, you, you didn't laugh when he said, "But we can't bury Shelly. She's our friend." <laughs> she, well, Shelly's not my friend. All right, she she can she can stay Whoa, dude, out of the grave. Shelly is my mother's name. Oh, Shelly. Well, we can't bury. I we hope... can't bury Shelly. She's my mom, and she's right in the room next door. She's right in the room next door. <laughs> well, I hope that I, even she has some taste and would not would not give this this film the dignity. It deserves, it does not deserve, and go above a four, which I feel like you're going to. And I'm just, yeah. you, you're you now going to be my focal point of disgust if you do so. Go yeah, go ahead. Man, What's your you voucher bar? Definitely polar opposite. Man. I, let me just preface this by saying it's very unique, and I love seeing something that is nothing like I've ever seen before. I found Jeez. a lot of value in how a lot of the my shots... My belly button looks like nothing you've ever seen before. <laughs> that I, w I would rate your belly button a solid 8 out of... T eh, I'll give Evil Dead, actually. Yeah, you know what? Hmm. Out of 10? I'll give it a 7.8. You stop it. No, I'm serious. You Dad. stop it. Uh, that, oh, I'm absolutely disrespected by that. How dare it's a you? Classic man, and I think that it brings down its classic status. I think it's it, so it earns nothing. Oh, it, it earns money. Money was all that it earned, but it does not deserve. It, it deserves many things, and it deserves Sam Raimi. Just in a, the fact that he got something major out of this film is it, it deserved, but it does not deserve freaking seven. My God, I have man! To, I have to shout My out God. Raimi and all of his buddies for doing this on a shoestring budget, not knowing what the hell they were doing. Reading about this production is that is impressive. It's very it's it's fun and I it made me want to watch the second one. I was never ever bored. There's a lot of holes in it, but you know when I can watch something that sticks with me and makes me kind of look back incredulously and be like, oh my god, what was that? You know, there's a bad version of that, like when you had me watch that McConaughey movie where he <laughs> goes to kill himself in Japan. It was terrible. <laughs> this is like the opposite end of that. <laughs> It still, well, it still resides in the bad tree forest that Matthew McConaughey roamed, but that's, yes. They do still, both go to a murder forest, I guess, you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we will vehemently, vehemently disagree. Hey, man. But, you, uh, but say... you, do bring up, you do bring up a good point for the, it, it is not boring. I will, I will say that, but yes, you'll say. No, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate you expanding and agreeing to watch a movie that you would probably never watch yourself. My apologies to oh. your sister and your friend. What, yes. well, I, I want to hear real quick, what what did they think about it? Did they watch the whole thing? <laughs> My sister, I you know, I've, it was so funny. The friend fell asleep. Um, so luckily there was no uh, need to entice that person with, <laughs> with horrible images for the rest of their life. <laughs> and then my sister, because the other person was asleep, we just kind of both went on our merry way and 
You know, I feel like our lives are better for it not having discussed it. We actually watched, you know, this again, pulling back the curtain. We watched two films that night. We watched The Addams Family, the animated, the recent one, the animated version. It's on Hulu. Check check it out. It's, yeah. it's all right. It, but, um, and we talked more about that than we did The Evil Dead. So that's, and we, I even made a point. I was like, oh, by the way, you know, she was like, hey, did you like an Addams Family? We had a, we had a nice little discussion totally on The Addams Family. the topic of this, like, Evil Dead bloodbath. didn't even, was it wasn't even birthed in either of our minds. It was right there, and we both declined to sidestep that. So there Wait, we go. So let me ask you. you. You are a theater person. You guys are theater people. Is Evil Dead a musical? Because there's a lot of horror movie musicals out there. Uh, you know, I... Right. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Again, I, like I said, I've seen. I've seen. I couldn't even tell you locally where I've seen advertisements for it. I want to say something like Desert Stages did a version of it, gotcha. maybe. Um, but I. I don't think it was. I, I don't know that it was. It was musical. Uh, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. All right, there it is. For better or for worse, we reviewed The Evil Dead. So that way, for, in my opinion, you don't have to. Um, <laughs> Go watch it, man. It's free on Netflix. <laughs> It's free on Netflix, and they should be paying you to, to watch the rest of it. All right, next, uh, later on in this week, we will be doing a, a Gimme 5 Evil Dead-related uh, Gimme 5, possibly. We usually have something thrown in there that's that's related. <laughs> no, it, it's probably more deeper voice. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that is all for Chopped Greens for the Evil Dead this episode. For Deadite Gary Boucher. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. God. I'm Philip Amrein. Thank you so much for listening. And later on this week, stay tuned for a wonderful rendition of Gimme Five. Ciao.